Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Welcome to another episode of Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builders Spotlight. And I'm excited for my guest today. My guest today is Brandon Mann, the founder of BBT or the Biblical Business Training Group, and also a managing partner and CEO of Kingdom Capital and an author of the book Leadership by the Good book. But another thing that's just kind of really unique and interesting is Brandon and I actually got introduced through a fellow colleague of mine about 10 or 12 years ago. We were connected for a couple of years and then completely disconnected. And then as I put the show together, I was thinking of stories that I wanted my audience to hear. And it was, God, Brandon, I want to get Brandon on the show. And he was gracious enough to agree to come on. And he just has an incredible story of God's grace, but also just a journey along with God, of learning about redefining success. And so I know you're going to enjoy the interview today, and I'm glad that we were able to make some time. So Brandon, thank you so much for being here. Eric, it is my honor, pleasure. You know, I guess we are celebrating like a 10-year or 12-year anniversary. And and for a chunk of time, as you said, we, you know, the Lord led us. And that happens, right? We kind of go in, in maybe divergent ways, but not divergent in purpose. And so it's, the Lord's brought us back together. Couldn't be happier to be with you today. Well, I, I'm excited to just kind of let my audience hear your story and kind of understand how God has helped you redefine success along the way. But my first question always is, we're hanging out in my backyard. It's a good, bright afternoon. We're having a barbecue. I've invited all my friends over. My friends are my listeners here. Why don't you introduce yourself to my friends if you could? Yeah, I, I'd be glad to. And so I can say, hey, so what do you do? Now, often I have a BBT shirt on. So that's often a catalyst, like, oh, hey, what's BBT? But let's say for the moment, I don't, because we're going to talk more about BBT in a moment. So we're just hanging out. I got my, you know, my goofy, you know, flowered shirt on around the pool, Hawaiian shirt. And, um, I, you know, what I share with them is I tell them a bit about Kingdom Capital, uh, because that's one of the things I focus on today, as, as Eric mentioned, serving as the managing partner and CEO. So, so Kingdom Capital, I'll say, well, we're in the venture capital space. Often when you kind of talk to people, you kind of give them an anchor point. And we do early stage investing in principally AI-driven platforms. Mm. Uh, and so, they, oh yeah, well, tell me more about that because that tends to get a little bit of buzz. Now, if they're not responsive to that, I, I, you know, it happens, right? And you just move on. But when they lean in, I say, well, our approach is a bit unique. And that is we are a values-driven investor. Mm. Values-driven, what is that? You mean value, right? Like valuation. Right. I said, well, yes, that's important. But the word I'm using is values, like guiding principles. And so I go on to explain that we have a, we've been called 
by God, and that gets their attention, right? We've been called by God to, to use an investing platform called Kingdom Capital uh, to, to create a virtuous cycle of capital. Mm-hmm. Now, again, some are leaning in and some are like, what is going on here? What I, what I bullet down to is, hey, we all know money has influence, right? Unfortunately, it often influences the wrong behaviors. Um, IRR, you know, internal rate of return, that financial metric that most people focus on when they're investing, certainly in the venture and private equity space, that becomes a real driving metric. It drives behavior. It, mm-hmm. it shapes how companies get organized, especially in early stage companies where we invest. Uh, it may be a handful of founders, a few executives, but as capital flows into from investors into these young companies, guess what? Most of that capital is used to grow the number of people who work there, right? Especially in the tech space, right? Yeah. They're not buying you know, property, plant, and equipment, as we used to say. They're actually hiring very skilled professionals that can develop these technologies. So, so what? So why, what does capital have to do with that? Well, when we engage with a portfolio company, Our capital is values driven. And that means that throughout due diligence, even in the deal docs, and then follow on to our representatives on the board and the operating manuals, policies of the company, we are weaving through these values that we hold dear. And we use a a acronym for the values called SHIELD. So SHIELD is service, humility, integrity, excellence, love, that always gets their attention, and diversity. So sealed. And, and so they say, well, wait a minute, how do you measure that? You got IRR for the financial return. We say, well, that's a good question. So the founder of Kingdom Capital and my partner, David Stewart, coined this phrase, ERR. The finance people will get a kick out of this because it's a little play on words. It goes from internal rate of return, which you sort of think is, hey, what's my cash on cash return? to what's my eternal, that's the E, eternal yep. rate of return. And the that. things that we look at to measure that, Eric, are what, what is the product, service, or technology? How does that Im- impact the community, communities that serve, right? We look, especially in AI, for unintended consequences. Yep. Uh, as it relates to the companies themselves, the culture, how are they growing as a company, the values-driven leaders, and the way we operationalize that last, and by the way, some are glazed over, so I appreciate that. So I'm gonna put a fine point on this. How do you actually do this? We have a leadership institute embedded in Kingdom Capital that works directly, again, from due diligence. Yeah. We will pull the, the e-break, the emergency break on a deal before we, we close on it if the values are not harmonizing with our values. It may not be perfect, we know that, but, sure. va- but the values should be aligned enough so that we can grow the company uh, together with the founding team to reflect these values. So there it is. Uh, that's a long elevator ride to the top of a big skyscraper, brother. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I mean, you don't get here from day one. Um, you know, that's that's an incredible thing, especially to be in a place of, you know, we, we talk about redefining success. You guys are redefining the success yeah. of how you're investing in these startup companies. You are So how do you get there from, you know, you because again, everybody always hears these great ideas and what they miss is the journey. Tell us a little bit of your story. Tell us a little bit about kind of where you started, maybe in corporate America and things like that, and how you get to the point that now you're, you've got an eternal ERR focus on the way that you're thinking about helping companies grow and, and, and create their own value. Yeah, I'm glad to do that. And, and really, this is... Um... 
this is God's story. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, by the way, thank you for just mentioning leadership by the good book. We'll have a little opportunity for, for the folks at the end to, to, to learn more about BBT and, and, and get a copy of this. So we'll talk more about that. But in this, in this, we talk a little bit about my journey as well as a lot about Dave's. And I got to tell you, you know, God is so good. I, uh, I, I came into corporate America in the commercial real estate space. And I, 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 my traction was in capital markets. So my background is more on the, on the M&A investment side. Uh, so corporate finance, M&A, uh, capital markets. And, um, and so I was attracted to commercial real estate after getting my MBA uh, because it is, it is a very important you know, asset class. And, um, and then and, and joined a firm locally. There's a lot behind this story that is so much of God's guidance. If I could say anything, first of all, it's Romans 8.28, right? Mm. All things work for the good, right? Yeah. Of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I can tell you the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, God has used to work for his purposes. But long story short is that I ended up uh, joining a, a very large firm based in St. Louis. That's where I am today. That's where Kingdom Capital and BBT are based as well, although global in nature, obviously. And uh, I, um, I worked in an area that was rapidly expanding in helping very large-scale corporate portfolio or asset management become more efficient. We wove technology through it. It was really kind of the most innovative thing that's happened in commercial real estate since the beginning. I don't know. But God brought me in at that point, and I rose through the ranks much faster looking back than I, than I ever should have. Uh, nothing that I did, only, only God allowing me to take, really be given more and more responsibility uh, over time and was invited to be a partner in the firm, the youngest at that age to do that, and then the board of directors, the youngest at that age, and then ultimately the executive committee and the M&A committee. And you say, uh, wow, you must be really, no, I'm not. I'm a kid from Hannibal, Missouri, and uh, just glad to be here. Uh, the, my CEO, Mark Burkhart, who I also mentioned in the book a bit, uh, you know, has been an incredible mentor to me, gave me far too much responsibility. Wow. We joke about that today. So what, how do you sort of, what's that? Well, that was all about corporate America. You know, we're growing, we're expanding, we're acquiring companies all around the country. And uh, there came a time in, uh, in actually 2008, most people cringe like, oh my gosh, you know, in the fall of 2008, that was, a, that was not a good time for a lot of folks. That was hard. It was very hard. And um, I, uh, I, I, and obviously there, there were impacts. Our particular company, the way Mark had led it, uh, was actually in an acquisition mode. And so we were able in, in late 2008 and on in 2009 to accelerate acquisitions to actually help guys and gals we'd worked with around the country whose firms were really struggling. And we had a very sound balance sheet. We were able to bring them in and, and, and build this amazing company. So in the, in, in, at that time, as this was happening, <clears throat> I, I prayed one morning by myself, kept this little routine, don't get it right all the time. But in this one this morning, I was praying and I said, Lord, what, what can I do for you today? How can I serve you? Uh, and I didn't pray that very much. And I got to tell you, uh, you, you, you may think twice when I tell you what he said to me. He said, start a Bible study at work. Start a Bible study at work. <laughs> now, if you haven't clicked off on this yet, like I freaked out when I heard this. Yeah. I said, I mean, who does this? You know, I'm on the executive committee. I got this, get that, get that. Get that. And, and so I wrestled with that for a couple of days hmm. and ultimately started a Bible study at work with coworkers on Thursday mornings 
Uh, in particular, I had one co-leader who God led me to. I didn't know well. Again, there's, there's a lot of detail we can cover at some point, but just trusting and taking that step. When I said I will do this, I didn't know how to do it. I wasn't like a pastor or wannabe pastor. I was an impastor, as they say, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Secondly, uh, I, I thought I was going to risk a lot of my reputation or put the, and I was on the executive committee and an owner. How, how do I put the company at risk? Long story short, God led me through those things. I just took one step at a time, mm. start this Bible study. Within, a, within a, six months to a year, this Bible study had grown to the point where we had more than a dozen coworkers, and it was the most diverse, beautiful Bible study I'd ever experienced. People from different churches, different backgrounds, different races, different genders, different ages. It was so diverse. But the one thing we had in common is we worked in the same company. And wow. we came around that table to learn how the more important book here, which is God's word, right? How this applies to what we were facing every day. And not only did it become like uh, an accountability group, it became an encouragement group and a prayer group. And again, we didn't have, we weren't from the same church. We didn't look the same. And so God began to move among us just because of his word. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, my, my, uh, the founder of Kingdom Capital, uh, David Stewart wrote a book. It's over my shoulder, Doing Business by the Good Book. And we adapted, we adapted that book as small group curriculum. Wow. So we get this thing going. And Eric, I'll tell you, uh, I really didn't ever want it to start in the beginning and I didn't want it to stop what it was doing in my life. What mm. you talk about redefining success. I was checking a lot of successful box, boxes, right? But to hear my wife, right. Say to her friends, right. Whatever Brandon's doing in this Bible study is changing our family is changing our relationship. And, and I overheard her saying that. It was like, wow, I, I, that, that was happening because we were simply humbly. There wasn't a, a priest or pastor among us coming together. We had, we had good curriculum, biblically-based curriculum, but we were really working with it and sharing, sharing it. Can, now, we, can we camp out on this story just a little bit? That. Because I'd love to just kind of pull a little bit more of this out. I mean, so especially for my listeners who are like, you were called to do what? I mean, because it is so easy to just kind of sit back and go, no, no, I go to church on Sunday and I go to work yeah. on Monday through Friday, right? And right. ne'er the two will meet. And even we live in the society that's like, you know, separation of church and state. You don't pull these two things together. So I guess maybe start with what was, what was it like kind of in the beginning of like, how, what was the faith steps moving forward of like, okay, this is going to be okay. Cause again, you're putting your career risk in it. You, you kind of passed over that. And I'm like, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. It's, yeah. We just had just on the executive team and da, 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 da. And we started a Bible study. No, no, no. Tell us a little bit more kind of about at least emotionally and things like that. Kind of what was going on. Okay, brother. And I thank you for that. I I'm so, so in the moment, uh, when I prayed this prayer, we're just going to, there were three critical days, right? It's almost biblical sounding, but it just, it yep. is, it's three important days. The first day I was alone in prayer. I was not traveling at the time. I was, I remember being home here in St. Louis. It happened to be a series of days that I was home. So that matters because I wasn't out and about. So when I prayed this prayer and the Lord said, start a Bible study at work, I stopped praying then. And I got up and I said, that's ridiculous. I mean, I literally, it's like I had a, like you call me up and say, Brandon, I want you to start a Bible study at work. And I was like, 
that's ridiculous. And I just hung up the phone. Yeah. And I went and I go to, and I go to work. I just, it was in the morning, it was before work. I go to work and the whole day I'm like, okay, this is what analytical people do. They make, they make a, 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 a for or a pro list and an against or a con list, like for and against, right? Plus and minus. Yeah. So, I mean, so I make, I can't find any pluses. So I make two <laughs> lists of why not to do it. Okay. This is true. Since you asked. I love it. One, one part of the list, again, they're both negatives. Okay, they're no positive. One negative is what I call the hero list. And it sounds a lot like this. Gosh, I'm on the executive committee. Gosh, I'm an owner in the firm. Gosh, I work for the CEO. I'm, in, I'm out in the public space representing the firm. God, you don't want me to ruin the hero you've created me to be. Now, how? I'm just being candid with you. Yeah, I know, please. I'm a, I'm a total... I was, I'm a total... Uh, uh, prideful chicken. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to risk any of this. And that's okay. I think that's reasonable. Those are things to process. Okay. And then that's my hero list. And then I had, I'm a zero. What, what do you mean? Like, how can you be a hero and a zero? Well, here's the thing. Like you said, this, this, thing, this, this little word right here, this is for Sundays and this is for um, theologically trained people mm. uh, who have many degrees. I got all kinds. Of, I got more finance degrees than, you know, my mom was you shake a stick at, right? Right. I don't have anything going the theologically speaking. So I, I can't do this. I've never, yeah, I've been in a Bible study with a couple dudes in my church, but we go to the same church. We, we don't work together. There's no risk in that. So I had a, that was my zero list. I don't know how to do this. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. Day two, I wake up having my list in prayer by myself, start a Bible study at work. Okay, Lord, I'm ready for you. It kind of caught me by surprise. So it's on my heart still. Here's my list, hero, zero. We should be done. We should be done. Okay. Amen. I'm done. Wasn't in the prayer long. I drive to work that day and I feel off. I mean, I have this emotional feeling in scripture I didn't, I didn't think about this at the time, but since I've, as I've studied, there's, there, Paul writes about grieving the spirit, right? Yeah. Well, looking back, that's what that was, but how I felt in the moment, and I, I think, you know, you, you could probably relate to this too in, in many of, of your audience. When you've disappointed someone you love, like my wife, Lisa, of all, you know, will be 29 years of marriage wow. in June, right? When I disappoint her, tell her no, or say something I shouldn't, or don't do something I should, whatever that is, kind of that burden, that sinking feeling, like I got to make this right. Yep. I felt like that throughout the day and it just weighed on me. So I was sitting in meetings, you know, pretending to be a real important person. Uh-huh. Okay, great. The whole time back in my mind, I was like, I don't know why I'm so, I'm so I'm just down and bothered. I'm unsettled. Everything out here is good. And throughout the day, I realized it was because I had, I disappointed someone I love. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That night, this is the end of day two. I go, I, I, I'm going to bed. I haven't told Lisa about this at all. I haven't told anybody. I don't want anybody in this deal, right? This is completely, I'm completely overwhelmed. I don't want any opinions. I'm, I just want to be done with this, quite frankly. And so that night I say, Lord, if you ask me to do this again in the morning, because believe me, I'm not asking myself. This is not of me. I'm, I will do it. Go to bed, get up by myself, quiet time, pray, start a Bible study at work. Okay, Lord, I said, I'll do it, but I have no idea how to do this. I don't know how to do this. 
He gave me the name of a coworker, of a, of a, of a, of a guy that I had hired uh, several years before. You ready for this? I didn't work with him directly. I was in, in my, my space and he was in another space in the firm. Uh, and I didn't even know in the moment, gosh, does he go to church? Mm. I mean, this name has no reference point to starting a Bible study. And then, and then I kind of remembered, oh, I think I remember him years ago inviting my, my son and me to an event, right? So I, it kind of clicked. Then I thought, this is transparent. I thought, you know what's great? is I never see him. We're in the same office complex, but it's, it's big. You yeah. know, I never see him. I travel all the time. And then when I see him, I'm, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be like at an event. And that would be an awkward time. You know, I can't get it. Hey, have you, you know, Bible said. So I literally, I'm free. I'm driving to work that morning. You know, okay, I got this, you know, what happened. Okay. Our coffee pot doesn't work down where the cool kids are, right? In, yeah. in where I sit. And so I have to go where this big like break room with big coffee pots and all that stuff. And, and so I, I roll in there, it's a little before eight, get my coffee, turn around. There's one person in this huge break room and his name is Greg. It's Greg. Greg is literally the, the person that the Lord said, ask him. Yeah. And in that moment, you, so many things run through your mind. Here's what ran through my mind. Number one is um, say nothing. Okay. Cause that's easy. Uh, number two is, gosh, if I say something because of my position, HR reports to me, it'll probably get to me before it gets, I mean, I'm just like thinking of all this crazy stuff. And the whole time Greg is trying to get around me to get a cup of water. He doesn't even drink coffee, oh, wow. go to a water fountain. Right. Wow. And so th this is the story. And so finally the Lord just said, boom, right in my heart. Are you going to do what I told you to do? And I thought, you know what I am? I'm going to get it over with. Okay. I'm just going to get, I said, Greg, I have a question for you. Greg's a real kind of low key, very professional, great guy. He's incredible executive there as, and, and beyond now. He's, but he looks at me and he, he's kind of like, what, 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 what are you thinking? I said, well, have you ever thought about starting a Bible study at work? And then I looked like I'm looking at the camera right now. I kind of look like this in the camera, but inside I was going, oh. right, right. And he said, I should have asked you. Really? I said, sorry, you, you're calling HR. I mean, it was like, what did you say? He goes, no, I should have, I should have asked you. God, God, I got, I was, and I said, well, I don't know. I, this just happened the last few days for me. How does it? He said, I was on a, I was on a, uh, a youth kind of mission trip. He and his wife, Leah, before they had, they've got a beautiful family now, but before they began having kids, a young professional married couple, they went on just to chaperone this youth, you know, trip for their, their church. And he had this moment where he felt so engaged in ministry. Now, listen, this, these are his words. I was so engaged in ministry for this one week, but I knew I had to go back to corporate America or business world for the other 51 weeks. And my prayer was, God, how can I feel like I'm engaged in ministry in your word? Yes. yes. And God said, ask Brandon Mann. Oh, no. And Greg's like, oh, I'm not asking Brandon anything. <laughs> right? We were both like, like, and the question for all the people listening, look, your story's going to look, sound, be different. But here's a thing that Eric and I know to be true. And that is God is positioning people in your life that often all it takes is one step in. Yeah. And you're going to find that they're going to meet you there. Yes.
And that's how that Bible study started. The last thing I want to share, and then please redirect me, Eric, is, is while we're standing there, we had a holy high five moment. Yeah, we're going to, I mean, it was like, it was so obvious. Yeah. So that the Holy Spirit done this. So we said, we're going to do this high five. We do it. Okay. And then he looks at me and he goes, oh, he goes, I, I don't, I don't know how we can do this at work. Mm. And then I look at him and I go, that's, oh my gosh. I'm thinking that's my, that's my hero list. Remember the hero, I'm an executive. I got all this. Yeah. stuff. And God said that, yeah, you're a hero. Now what can you do? And so I looked at Greg and I said, Greg, as an owner of the company and as at the level I am, right, I know how to do this with respect for the people in the office, with respect for company property, right? I mean, I'm an owner. A lot of our, you know, a lot of your audience are owners of companies. Yeah. And so yep. here's what we said. We said, uh, or I, I said, but he agreed. I said, first thing is we're going to do this before working hours. We're going to do this in a conference room that's out of the way. It's not the big, you know, all the, you know, the big, you know, time people are always trying to get in the conference. We got the little out of the way, you know, this little conference room's got the old furniture. No one likes it. It's the last one to get used. And we're going to start at 7 a.m. on Thursday mornings. We finish at 7.45 because the employee manual, back when, you know, before yep. pre-COVID, there was, you know, you know, you had these, it, 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 the workday started at 8, okay? And I said, I'll, I'll make sure my name is on the conference room. So if anyone needs it for any purpose, any business purpose at all, we'll move our meeting and we'll not interfere with that. Oh, and one more thing, one more thing. I said, let's don't send any emails like mass emails or signs. Let's make this relational. And what that, what does that look like? That means, you know, whether you're in a big business or a small business or something in between, there's often people who will say, Hey, we, we, you maybe pray for my family or my, you know, or some, you'll say, say, Hey, my mom's not feeling well. Well, I'll pray for it. You tend to get a sense of where people may be in their faith, right? A little bit. And so for those we knew personally and had those kinds of connections, we just said this, Hey, we're going to meet at seven o'clock on Thursdays. Come when you can mm. personally invite folks that you think would, would like to do this, but no one needs to be there. And if you come once or you never come, it's all good. Just know the door is open to everybody. Wow. We're done by 745. And so then, uh, then I want to flip this because this is the other side of how God brings uh, complementary skill sets together. So he's like, oh man, you've got this. I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is actually the benefit of being kind of a big deal here is I can, <laughs> I can navigate these things. And he said, and I said, but here, Greg, I don't know. Now my zero I don't, how do we even start this? How do we facilitate this? People are going to look at me and like, oh, you're a big deal, but you don't know what you're doing. He's like, I got this. Mm. Lee and I, Lee and I have led, started, facilitated and led a couple small groups. We do it with the youth. I do it with other people. I know how to do this. Brought us together. That's how it started. That's amazing. It's amazing. I know you have another commitment, but I've got a question that I want to take into um, yes. just real quick. And we're not going to get much further than this, but this is so transformational. I think this is the message God wanted this to have today. So we're just going to yeah. trust that. And maybe we need to do this again sometime if we need to get into some other stuff. But you said a couple of things along the way that I want to make sure everybody heard, especially from a redefining success standpoint. When God yeah. calls you to do something, God never calls you to do something that he expects you to fail in. Right. You know, God doesn't yeah. call God doesn't set us yeah. up for failure, That's but right. we have this. What if it doesn't work? What if it fails? What if it, like we carry all this worry and doubt into God's plan, which is a lot of times our reluctance. Yes. And 
you know, that was, it was phenomenal to kind of hear you speak into that and say that, because that's one of the things too, I think is like, whenever, you know, we again, it's such the worry. And I, we, I was looking at Matthew six really this week. Right. And a lot of the second half of Matthew six is all about, don't worry. I've got it. If you yes. want to just kind of, kind of shorten it up for this entire idea, but we spend so much time worrying. Um, and, but then here's the other part that I want to, I want to finish on with, from your perspective and hear from you is, yeah. um, you hold up your Bible again, because I think this <laughs> is the, Yep. So many times you're like, you said this earlier, I don't have a theology degree. I don't have this. I don't have that. Right. And yeah. what I don't think we give enough credit to, and I would love to just kind of maybe hear kind of as the Bible study grew and you guys yeah. went into this is God's word stands on its own. It doesn't need us to have a theology degree. So yeah. when you redefine success, right, success says you go to theology school and you do this and this. And what I would say is no, actually from God's kingdom perspective, God's word stands on its own. So how did y'all kind of find that to be true as you were launching this? Yes, man. Oh, that's awesome. So, so the on-ramp, uh, I'm going to handle it two parts if I may. One yep. is having a kingdom vision that helped me see what, you know, in, in business, we're often trying to help somebody do something. BBT is no different, even as a nonprofit ministry, right? Completely, you know, a, a, you know, independent nonprofit ministry. We're trying to help people do something. And here's where I'm going to share a quick story about where God gave me the vision to serve BBT. And then to your point, how do you, how do you kind of bring that together? Right. Keep me on track, Eric. You know yeah. how I get, right? Yeah. So that's how BBT, I'll say that's how the Bible start, study started. There was no BBT at the time. In fact, we hit a wall about three, three four months into it uh, that within, basically within six months, that group was starting to fall apart mm -hmm. because our curriculum, which had been on the book of James, just a simple Zondervan pamphlet, right, was... Uh, was awesome. And it, it, it did transform our lives. But then we kind of ran out of curriculum. So I started looking around for like, how do we keep this going, right? How do we keep this relevant to uh, what God's called us to do? Okay. So, so I call FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Many yeah. of the audience will recognize them. I love them. We've supported them. We love them. Know the local leaders and beyond. I called the, the headquarters. I said, hey, what do you got for business people? They're like, uh, well, we do athletes, you know, so I've got it. <laughs> So then I started, we reached out to Rick Warren's church, right? Saddleback. Hey, what do you got? Well, we've got some stuff, but it, you know, and, and everyone was very helpful. The challenge was we had a very, as I mentioned, a very diverse group that all worked together or was by then had expanded. We had some people coming from other companies and other groups were starting to form. And so we needed to provide something that, that, that helped focus on business, on like work stuff. Dave's book, Doing Business by the Good Book, as I shared, became the catalyst for that. We started writing this curriculum, right? Now, the way we did that is we just asked open-ended questions and used study Bibles, right? That's kind of the that's kind of the hack for the early stage because we didn't have any we didn't have any resources. We were making it up as we go. So the the problem that BBT solves or the opportunity it fulfills is for leaders, for men and women, regardless of sector, but in this working expanse from healthcare to education, to business, large, small entrepreneurs, corporate types, what it does is it brings together curriculum so that you don't have to go find it. You don't even have to really prep in terms of getting it organized and it delivers that curriculum in an automated app, an app, right? So everyone gets it. Now go back 
none of that existed. And yet God was calling me to start this ministry, this nonprofit. And yet I'm at a huge company that is expanded, becoming the largest of its kind. Quick story. And this is one I think that will resonate for those, for those of you that have a, a pivotal moment, a, I'll say an inflection point in their journey with the Lord. Obviously mine starting the Bible study was one, but here's one that was became the genesis for me resigning from corporate America. Okay. And I'll say that again, proactively resigning, not reacting to something I did or something that happened, but I found myself standing. I want you to picture this, picture this New York city, Waldorf Astoria, the historic downtown Manhattan hotel opulent is yeah. like not a lot of things can be called opulent, but that kind of gets there. And so we are there. We are there, the executive team. There are five of us who are going to speak to the press and to the audience, uh, which was all not only press, but also people from all around the country with our firm. And we were acquiring a Manhattan-based firm as well. We're rebranding to a global brand. All this is happening. I, you're on stage with me. So now look through my eyes. I see our CEO, our president, our CFO, an executive vice president myself, right? I can't believe I'm in on this stage. This is, this is so over the top. And I look out in the crowd, in this opulent room, right? With the chandeliers and the cornucopia of food and all the stuff and the press and the cameras. I'm having an out-of-body experience. I can't be a kid from Hannibal doing this. I was so like, this is awesome. And the people... You want to talk about well-dressed people, Manhattanites, they know how to dress, right? I mean, you know, this is like the creme de la creme as the worldview would have it, right? So what happens is we go right down the line and I back cleanup because I lead our most innovative, fast growing components of the, of, of the company that, that are that always get a little buzz. So we kind of go from the CEO work through and then I'm, I back cleanup and I'm with CEO, president, CFO, okay, boom, boom, boom. And I, and I rise up to go to the podium and I look out over this amazing room and I blink. And for some reason, I'm not seeing the Armani suits, nothing wrong with Armani. I'm not seeing the cornucopia. I'm not noticing all the opulence. All of a sudden I'm like, I hear this voice and I'm starting to look at souls at people made in God's image. And God says to me, do they know me? Do they, do they know me? How will they know me? How will they relate? And I'm telling you, this is not a good time. Okay, this is not a good time to have a epiphany kind of thing going on, okay? Because I'm doing my thing. Now, did I, did I go Billy Graham on him? No, I didn't. So there, so, but I knew at that moment at one of the, I would say at one of pinnacle moments that I was going to move into the mission field of work. And you say that again, the mission field of work to help people understand God's relevance. Work, work is important, right? It's important, but it's more important how you do it than what you make doing it. And so that was the moment where I committed by the time I stepped off that stage at the Waldorf Astoria, by the time I committed, I would resign from corporate America and serve BBT. And I did that for five solid years, working on curriculum, uh, connectivity, that's the app, 
coaching. So all the folks that come into the environment have someone to help kind of shepherd them as they facilitate, right? So for five years, and you and I met along that journey, Eric, and you've been such an encouragement to me. And this, this has been awesome. So thank you. And back to you. Yes, that is, I love that story. I would, Brandon has another commitment. So we're going to have to, we're gonna have to get him out of here pretty quick. So um, I want to, I want to honor that. I want to say one quick thing though, which is this and what I love about BBT and what I love about what you're doing for our business owners that are out there. You've heard me say this before, but I love repeating this, which is people don't have to go to church, but they do have to go to work so that if you can create an environment of safe, but biblical environment and exposure, you never know who inside of your workplace um, could come to a place of faith just because of the people that they're around and the environment you create inside of your workplace. And that is success redefined. So with that in mind, Brandon, as we kind of shut this, as we kind of close down the interview here, why don't you tell my audience, especially those who are like, hey, I need to know more about the resources. I need to know more about Brandon. Maybe I want to get in touch with you, or maybe I want to just follow the things that you guys are doing. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, thanks, Eric. And so we we will be, you'll have a link to BBT's website, and that link will be customized for this audience. And the, and what we also want to do is when you reach out, let us know what part of this appeal to you. There'll be a little comment section and any comment matters. And we're going to send you for the comments that you send for the first 20, you're going to get this book at our, all on us, right? It's from Dave Stewart and me. So the first 20 to comment on what was meaningful, because we want your feedback too. What did you hear in today's comment that blessed you, encouraged you, challenged you, made you kind of think a little bit more, just a short comment. And we'll make sure we get this book out to you. Also on that website, landing page, you'll be able to learn more about BBT and how to get engaged. Wonderful. Wonderful. So make sure we get, we'll get that link and put that in the show notes um, so that you can click on that and follow up. Um, if you make the first 20, you need a copy of that book. If for some reason we end up with like 22 or 23 or even 30, you need to just go buy the book. That's what I'm going to tell you. So that's my comment to you. <laughs> Thank you. Every dollar, so so every dollar goes to BBT. Dave and I, as the as the authors of the book, gave the book as an asset to BBT. Also, it's available on audio too, if you prefer that. So you can grab that on Amazon or some of the other audio platforms, as well as Amazon for the regular books. So thanks, Eric. For Brandon, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one question. I know I'm keeping you from your meeting, but this is my, probably my favorite one before we wrap up. How do you hope your great grandchildren remember you in three generations? Oh man, I love that question. I love that question. I love that question. You know. Um, Dave and I talk about this a lot. Dave's in, Dave is, is a, a bit older than me, about, uh, by about 20 years or so. Um, and, and his precious mom taught him this as well, that someone who, who loved them, someone who loved them and, 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 and provided a safe place for them. If you begin with that, if you begin with a legacy that is rooted in love, and we have a saying, we have a saying in our family, but this is, we, we, this is God saying to us, right? Through what Jesus has done for us, says, there's nothing you can do that will make me love you any more or any less. Mm. I love you because you're mine, because mm. you're mine. Yeah. That's what Brandon, I want them to know. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for making the time. And everyone else, thank you for joining us for this episode of Redefining Success. It's been great being with you. We will see you again next week. God bless you. God bless. 
Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360 com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.